welcome to Field Notes, the sister podcast to Sounds of the Sanctuary, the brand new podcast by Red Wings. In Field Notes, each week we sit down with an expert from the charity to take a closer look at some of the horse care issues raised in previous episodes of Sounds of the Sanctuary. We hope that this will be really interesting and informative for any horse owners, as well as those thinking of taking on a horse for the first time, or anyone who'd like to find out more about caring for equines. In this week's Sounds of the Sanctuary, we found out lots about the Red Wings Guardianship Scheme and ponies who are in training to hopefully be rehomed. Today, we're sitting down with Red Wings' Head of Norfolk Equine Operations, Rachel Angel, who is heavily involved with our rehoming scheme here at Red Wings, to talk about the work of our rehoming trainers and how they train our horses, ready for them to hopefully find happy new homes. On this week's Field Notes, we are sitting down with Rachel Angel, who is uh, sort of been involved in our rehoming operations here at Red Wings for quite a while. And we're going to have a chat about some of the training that we use and how the what the training process looks like for a Red Wings horse or pony going through rehoming training. So, Rachel, before we start, I wonder if you could just give us a little bit of a summary about you, your role at Red Wings and your involvement in rehoming as well. Yes, certainly. So, yes, so I've worked for Red Wings now for 18 years and I've been very fortunate to have spent 12 of those first years working with the welfare team. And I moved on from there to more of the operational side of uh, Red Wings and that included then supporting uh, the rehoming team, which I have done so now for the past seven years. Fantastic. So you are the go-to person for all questions, all questions rehoming. So I thought we'd kick off at the beginning. So we'll start with the the point at which a horse comes from one of our sanctuary farms to a rehoming centre. Yes, certainly. So uh, first, the team will be thinking about obviously settling them into their new environment and their new group of friends just as they would in the wild horses to be be happy and have have a happy life they need to have what are called the the three f's which is the food friendship and freedom so obviously that's vitally important first and foremost that um, we need to ensure that that is in place but very much right from day one the team will be learning about their personality and and that would be through every interaction that they have with them and so it's the everyday things like the catching and the leading and by continually reading their body language it helps to gain an impression of their behaviours and also for that individual horse or pony what what actually motivates them them to learn and that's obviously really important. And I assume they would have a think about any past experiences the horses might have have had as well. Do you think any of the horses at Red Wings present any unique challenges or differences in how you might tackle their training because of their rescue backgrounds? Yes, most definitely. It is challenging for the trainers, largely in the sense that they won't know anything about the backgrounds of the horses or ponies, um, obviously only from the point of rescue and, and onwards. So nothing about what's happened to them in the past at all. And we all we know um, that horses remember fear far greater than any other mammal on the planet which is remarkable really and this memory could be 
triggered at absolutely any point through their training. So we have to, uh, the trainers obviously have to be very mindful of that. Many of them come from rescue backgrounds where they've suffered the physical ill health and abuse, but not necessarily in the cruelty, other physical cruelty sense, although they may have had very limited or not no positive um, interaction or handling from humans. So all of this needs to be obviously be taken into account with their training and Red Wings will always offer home for life in sanctuary care for those who either through health or behaviour aren't suitable to yeah, be rehomed yeah. and that's something obviously that we would assess at all points so that we uh, the teams are obviously equipped to then make the very important decision on what's best for their for their future. Of course yes and I believe would I be right in saying obviously some of them might have a background with with and then their interactions with food do we ever find any that are more challenging around food because potentially they've come from a background where they've not had plentiful food. Yes and I would say that is typical of quite a large number of our rescues and it's something that we do obviously communicate and discuss with the new guardians and it's perfectly manageable in a home it's just a case of being mindful of that because horses obviously are opportunists you know they need to to have that access readily access to food so having periods of um, deprivation and being deprived from food can make them obviously um, have that as a as far stronger sense and and urge in them so yeah they they can be food dominant Mm -hmm. and so that's something again like I say we just have to assess to to what degree and then obviously like I say that is perfectly manageable in a home it's just something to be aware of it's one of the very sad parts of of our, our rescues unfortunately yeah no for sure but like you say many of them go off to live in in homes absolutely fine but it's one of those things that we're able to let guardians know about so that they they can manage the horse accordingly and and they get that full package of what we know about the horse we share with them as well don't we so yeah most definitely all set up in the training that we we do at Red Wings what sort of rewards do we use for our horses and based on that how would you recommend if a horse owner was looking to find a reward that works for them and their pony is there anything that you'd recommend that they could do to sort of find the reward that works for them yeah so the reward part um i would say um for one of the reasons we've just discussed we don't necessarily use food we would our first and foremost reward would be with a scratch so horses don't naturally recognize um, the standard sort of patting on on the neck that humans um, tend to use they don't recognize that as being a a reward or or something nice whereas a wither scratch is something that horses naturally do in the wild and that's they do that to each other and that's called allo grooming and that with a scratch is also scientifically proven to help lower the horse's heart rate so that's another great way of being able to um, provide reward but also to lower their horse's arousal when when needed really if you go in to use food as a form of treat through positive reinforcement with your training and rewarding the behavior that you want to see and the behavior that you want to repeat it's really important to be aware of the the timing because horses can very easily see a human as a 
like a vending machine. So <laughs> if they press the button, they want the food to pop out. If the food doesn't pop out quick enough, they may press the button harder. <laughs> um, and so that's where you can see how unwanted behaviour can very quickly creep in. And that's purely down to poor timing, which then, as I say, can lead to, to greater problems. But if you're confident on your timing and the reason for using the food and the positive reinforcement, then we would suggest trying to ideally find two types of treat that your horse really likes and their favourite, their ultimate favourite, then keep that for your go-to um, treat. So for the training where you feel they need an additional something nice, something where you're then having to maybe retrain over fear or an adverse reaction to something, then keep your top top treat. And then your second reward of something that they like, you could then use that as a bit more of your sort of general training treat. Oh, fantastic. We reward our horses when obviously they they sort of do the behaviours that we're asking and they give us the answers that we're expecting but sometimes that doesn't always happen and especially if you're teaching them something new you might not get the behaviour that you're perhaps expecting and I wonder what signs we could look out for and what our signs our rehoming team would look out for with the horses aren't quite understanding what we're asking or if there's any other signs you should watch out for in your training that perhaps your horse just isn't isn't comfortable perhaps okay we know horses are habit formers and that means that they learn through a series of of repetition so consistency has to be a top priority through training um, without a doubt and rewarding the correct answer is the best way for a horse to learn they then become it becomes a habit and they automatically then give you what the correct answer is as we said, timing of a reward is is really crucial to to that part um, of the training. If it's left that little bit too late, a horse will not actually then associate that reward or of correct behaviour. And it is also been proven that we're looking to time that within three seconds, which is not very long at all. That's but that's the optimum time to then deliver the cue and the reward before the horses then moved on um, mm -hmm. to thinking about something else and it's really really important to break the training down so look at it in bite-sized chunks and that not only keeps the horse interested and motivated um, to learn but it also obviously helps to minimize and eradicate any any confusion and the trainers are constantly watching throughout all of the training for any signs of of tension and that allows them to be um, effective trainers to then take a step back and go back and repeat the part of the training where the horse was more comfortable and I think that is is the key to it is is a really a good trainer um is able to then recognize and pick up on the the subtle signs because they can quite often be less obvious and actually adapting your training accordingly at that point before something escalates yeah so those subtle those signs behaviors yeah, yeah. Most definitely. And those subtle signs, they could be really small things to pick up on, such as like increased uh, tail swishing, or there may be just a bit of tension around the jaw, or you may see the, the nostrils wrinkled slightly. And like I said, as I say, that, that's when the, the good training kicks in to know when to stop and, and when to go back a step. Oh, fantastic. 
when it comes to the training that we do here at Red Wings, what commands or responses do we train the horses that go through our rehoming programme? Does it differ if they're going to be ridden or companions or do we sort of build them all up on the same foundation? Yes, um, exactly that. They're all on the same foundation, whether they go out to homes for riding or non-ridden companions. Um, it's really important that they do have those, we call them basic responses, that they that's all in place as part of their training. So the training itself would start in a, in a head collar and they all the horses and ponies are then trained first off to step forwards and then to step backwards away from the handler and that we were aiming for that to be a response through a very light lead rope pressure so through repetition of the training that's what we're always aiming at to be able to lower that pressure right down so that with a very light aid the horse will either step forwards or step backwards that's that's really crucial and then um, at all times, it's about ensuring that the handler then has control over the, the horse's legs through applying those light aids um, from the ground. And actually all of that foundation work, if they do then progress on to, to become ridden horses or ponies, all of that then translates once they're under saddle and they're trained in exactly the same way. Yeah. And I know something the rehoming team here are always keen to show off is, is, is the park response. So I wonder if you could tell me what is park? Why do we teach it? And why is it so fabulous? Yeah, of course. So park is is definitely one of our top suggestions for things to, to train um, your horse. Um, it's owners will inadvertently train the horse to follow their feet. So if they start walking, the horse will then just follow. But that's that's not actually what we want to train. We we want to train park, which is put simply, it's immobility until given the cue or the aid to then move. This training, we do this through a, a series of steps to train the horse as I say, to essentially not move. And so that will be regardless of what the handler is doing around them. And that's it's done again through bite-sized pieces of training through repetition and returning the horse to the original position every time the feet move. And in fact, the team will actually tempt them to, to move because that's a training opportunity to then be able to then ask, put them back where they were originally until they can reliably stand and not move. And the handler can then walk away from them, walk beside them, around them, and they'll be perfectly um, still until they receive the cue to then move. Having a horse in what we would call established park is is fantastic. It's great for things such as the farrier tacking up, um, standing at the mounting block. And again, park, interestingly, is uh, has also been proven to lower heart rate. So if you can put a horse um, into park, if they become overexcited or anxious about something in their environment that's a fantastic tool to have in your in your tool training box oh and it's and I mean it's fantastic to watch because the the team will show me that they can park a pony and then go and stand at the end of the lead rope and start doing star jumps and the pony just goes <laughs> yeah all right you do you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch so yeah no, they love to show their skills and I know another response we teach is head down which I think links nicely to you talking about the the heart rate 
response. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so Head Down is another um, training tool that we would we would always train. Again, it's always the approach is looking to uh, train for the response using a very light lead rope pressure through a series of, of training and repetitions again until that becomes very much a habit for the pony to respond in, in the correct way. And head down is is for obvious reasons, really fantastic for things such as when putting on a bridle, but it has also been proven to lower the horse's heart rate. So if you have a overstimulated um, horse and you can you've trained them so you can put them in park and then you can put them in head down, that is without a doubt the best training tool to not only help the horse but it also keeps you safe um, as a handler fantastic oh really interesting and like you say plenty of tools to have in your toolbox to bring out if if needed I know we do a lot of the training here at Red Wings in in the arena but I also know that the team work on a process called proofing and I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about that and what that means when teaching a new a new skill so training isn't just something that we do in a school or arena. You quite often see that people will dedicate that time and then the rest of the time they'll maybe drag the pony in and out of the field, not having any any control or input on on their um, speed or, or, or movement of feet. And so but training is actually happening all the time. It's every interaction that we have with them, whether it be in the field or in the stable. And so it's really important because horses are also context specific. And that means they will use their their fantastic photographic memory to enable them to learn um, an event or response through their surroundings. So, for example, if an owner has spent hours practicing loading um, their horse in a trailer at home they go to the show and then to come home the horse refuses to load and the reason for that is that the the horse's outlook i.e around the trailer itself has completely changed when away from home that's that's completely different and so the way to overcome that is by for just establishing really that training um, and that's what we call proofing and we do this by repeating the training in at least five different areas. So we would move that trailer in different places. So the outlook each time was completely different. And again, that's tapping into being effective with our training, knowing that horses, as I say, are context specific and knowing that they um, are, are, you know, they form habits. So um, it means they can become more familiarised. You're asking, you're training the horse to generalise more and in turn then uh, through those series of, of repetitions in the different areas stands a far better chance of getting the desired outcome of being more reliable. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. And obviously, if our horses have gone through all that training and they get signed off, their packs are all signed off and everything, the next big step for them is obviously their new home, which is a huge change for a horse. And I just wonder if if you had any top tips for anyone that might have a new horse or any, indeed a guardian taking on a Red Wings horse, any top tips to help a horse settle in a new environment? Yep, I would say 
the main things to think about definitely is going to be where keeping routine do something with them every day even if that means that it's just a quick 10 minutes of groundwork that's really important especially in those first few weeks and it will help to as I say create a routine and in turn help them to to settle in and with every other aspect keep it as familiar as you possibly can keep keep that routine horses thrive on their world being predictable so a constant change for them would would easily you know make them become unsettled so keep a routine and keep things as predictable as possible um, and the best thing is spending time with them and being very mindful of watching their reactions so watch their body language watch how they react to certain things um, and that's a fantastic way to get to know them and get to know what are their likes and what are their dislikes and that will in turn then help you to um, create you know that that wonderful partnership oh fantastic thank you so much Rachel it's been very it's a very insightful conversation from from the beginning of rehoming training all the way to when hopefully they go out into their into their new homes and uh, their forever homes hopefully so yeah thank you so much for your time uh, you're very yeah, welcome you're, thank you very much thank you Thank you so much to Rachel for taking part in this week's episode of Field Notes. If you have a question about horse care or you're concerned for the welfare of an equine, you can email welfare at redwings.co.uk or visit our website redwings.org.uk where you'll find plenty of free information. Until next week, bye!